The Klinger-Cohen Act has been the seminal federal IT management law for more than two decades. The 1996 law ushered in the modern era of technology oversight and management, as a matter of fact. But a panel of acquisition experts nowadays raises the idea of exempting the Defense Department from that law. In a new story, executive editor Jason Miller explores that idea and delves into whether the entire suite of IT management laws, policies, and regulations need major overhaul. Jason joins me now. And Jason, I guess this relates to the Section 809 panel, which had something to say about Klinger, Cloen, and Defense Department. Absolutely, Tom. And the Section 809 panel, which was a mix of both industry and government people looking at ways to reform the DOD acquisition process, basically was just frustrated with the Klinger, Cohen Act and the implementation of the law. And that's, I want to be clear here, it's not so much the law itself, it's the implementation of the law. And they're saying, maybe we need to exempt all of DOD from following the rules because it's not the way DOD buys. It's not the way the average, you know, uh, technology company buys anymore. And it's basically slowing the acquisition process down. And as the Section 809 panel said, DOD should be on a war footing for their acquisition. And the way they do acquisition has to be speed to market. It can't be hung up in old processes. And that's the big recommendation. Exempt DOD so they can get on that war footing and get uh, you know, capabilities to the warfighter more quickly. And what does Klinger-Cohen, remind us, exactly impose on the Defense Department as well as all the other agencies? As I recall, it gives the CIO a lot of authority, which was strengthened later by the Fatara le- uh, legislation. Absolutely right, Tom. And, but what has happened over the years, and this is we're talking about now 22 plus years now, is there's policies on top of policies under guidance, under regulation. And that has created a complexity in the, in, in the way IT projects and capabilities are done and brought into government that just takes too long. For instance, I spoke with Bill Greenwald. He's a former defense uh, executive, also a former Senate Armed Services staff member who helped write the Klinger-Cohen Act. And one of the things that Bill told me was, listen, Jason, if you just start with a need, by the time you get it in the palm, by the time you develop requirements, by the time you get through an acquisition process, by the time you write a business case, by the time, by the time, by the time, by the time, you're talking about six or seven years until you can get funding and get this on contract and then begin to implement. He goes, that's just way too long for not just DOD, but it's way too long for everybody. And this goes back to the implementation of Klinger Cohen, not so much the, the law itself, but the way the Office of Management Budget, the way that DOD and, and the CIOs have written regulations, it just has become too arduous because it's, as, as the Section 809 panel pointed out, and several experts I've talked to, like Bill Greenwald, is that it's become too much of a checklist mentality. Did we do this to hit milestone A? Did we do that to hit milestone B? Do we get approval from the right people to, do, to continue to move down this path? And they're saying this is not the way technology is developed anymore. And so what do they recommend other than repealing it or taking it away from DOD? Anything in particular? Well, well, in fact, when I spoke with several IT experts, and we're talking about people like Paul Brubaker, former uh, armed services staffer who helped write the law for for, for Senator uh, Cohen. Uh, We're also talking, I spoke with Mark Foreman, who, again, was on the Hill during the writing of the Klinger-Cohen Act and was the first e-government and IT administrator in OMB. And Dan Chunuk, who worked at OMB, and Dave Winogren, who was a deputy CIO at DOD. All these people say it's a bad idea to exempt DOD or, for that matter, any agency from Klinger Cohen. What they all say, and and this is very interesting because they all come from different points of view, is that the regulations and policies that really underpin Klinger Cohen are need to be modernized. And in fact, they would almost everyone would support a move to take all the current 
legislation, right? So we're talking about Klinger Cohen. You mentioned the Federal IT Acquisition Reform Act, FATARA. We're also going to add in there the Modernizing Government Technology, or MGT Act. You can also add in there the Federal Information Security Management Act. And you can also add in there the Federal CIO Authorities Bill that the Congressman Heard and Congresswoman Kelly are now pushing through the, the Congress. All of that is just adding these layers and layers and layers. And what you know, the experts tell me is let's simplify that. Let's get to the point of what does what does the law really need to say? And then what do those regulations and policies need to say that to support the law? But right now it's just it's too arduous, Tom. It takes too long. And I think everyone would agree that that Klinger Cohen, generally speaking, is a good law and a lot of it still matters. But the implementation is the problem. We're speaking with Federal News Network's executive editor, Jason Miller. So are they calling for a rewrite in the way that the Klinger-Cohen Act itself, which is actually the Information Technology Management and Reform Act, ITAMRA, replaced the Brooks Act, which had been in place for many years? Or do they just think it needs to be amended in some way, which would seem to indicate that they're going to continue with the problem that's been happening, which is it keeps getting amended and added to? Well, I think I think what they're what a lot of people are saying, and, and Dan Chenick, I think, uh, said it rightly. Dan is now the executive director at the IBM Center for Business of Government, and he said basically the statutes left room for OMB to issue policy directives that called for enterprise collaborative technology governance led by CIOs and involving agency CXO partners. So we're talking about the CFO and the chief human capital officer and chief acquisition officer. He goes, it would be very beneficial to update and tie together all this current legislation and policies into a single comprehensive management framework as a roadmap for IT modernization. And I think actually what he, you know, and, and, and a lot of the other ec- experts echoed very similar thoughts is let's not throw it away, but let's take the best of what still matters today and bring it into the modern era. And I think that's where the frustration is from the Section 809 panel. Nobody said that they were absolutely 100% wrong. Uh, in fact, I think everyone feels like the frustration with the implementation of the law is, is at the heart of the matter. And I think that's what you're seeing from the Section 809 panel. But let's take the best of that, take the best of FATARA, take the best of MGT, take the best of FISMA, and really tie it together. Because in the end, what the CIO has to do is drive technology implementation to meet mission and business needs. And I think for too long, CIOs were just looked at not as that partner, but as somebody who just worked the back room, got the infrastructure, you know, got us our cell phones. You know, that, that's the old joke. And CIOs are so much more than that today, but the law maybe doesn't, ref- does, the implementation of the law doesn't do enough to reflect that. And, and Tom, real quick, we've seen attempts by the last three administrations to empower the CIO. Executive orders, I think we've had at least two executive orders, one from the Trump administration, one from the Obama administration. And there's a rumored third one that came from the toward the very end of the Bush administration. So it wasn't like people don't recognize that the CIO needs to be empowered. And Fatara helped with that, but not all of it. It only kind of uh, roughed, smoothed some of the rough edges of the implementation of Klinger Cohen, but didn't really solve the issue. Okay, so these experts are saying change the law, that would mean another round of implementations, which means it would be incumbent on DOD to get the implementation of a rewritten law, correct? And that's a big challenge as well. I mean, one of the things that Paul Brubaker has pointed out was that the implementation and the understanding of what the intent was of Klinger Cohen was never really fully understood. And as he said, it became this uh, self-licking uh, licking ice cream cone between the agencies and the vendors that they just pay money to the vendors to implement so the agencies can check the list to say we implemented. And his frustration and his candidness is, is really uh, 
not surprising because if you know Paul Brubaker, you know oh, yes. he never he doesn't really hold back his tongue too often. But it's just a very interesting that that when the Section Eight or Nine panel came out, he, he his, his first comment to me was, "I was wondering if someone was going to ask me about that <laughs> that recommendation." Tom, I think what really what's happening here is not so much redo the law than re-implement it, but take one big effort to redo the laws, redo the policies that that support those laws, and move the, move all of that toward a better implementation. I don't think anyone's calling for let's sure. start over. I just think they're saying is we need to improve because technology and the implementation of technology has changed so much. And that includes the capital planning and investment control process, which is everyone I think agrees is pretty well broken. And it includes the budgeting process, the way agencies pay for technology. And we've heard that time and again, and the section 809 panel addressed uh, the budgeting issue for acquisition more broadly. I'm just trying to get the self-licking ice cream cone image out of my mind. And I guess the final question would be, is anyone on Capitol Hill listening to all of this? Well, the Section 809 panels, uh, you know, they've had a lot of luck and a lot of interest from the Hill so far uh, with some previous recommendations. So we'll see where this goes, what the National Defense Authorization Act will look like for 2020. They're just probably starting to, to, to develop that uh, now. And we'll see how much that gets pulled in. Now, remember, Tom, there's, there's something to keep in mind that the NDA for, I think, 2018 actually gave the Defense Department CIO, it raised the, the, the authorities and the level of the CIO, making it a Senate-confirmed position once again. If you remember, they took away the Senate confirmation of the, of the DOD CIO a couple years ago, DOD did. So I think there's a recognition of the important role that the CIO can and should play. It's where do they fit in and how do they if you will, manage, oversee, influence, encourage, uh, pick your, I guess, uh, adjective there, the, the IT man- uh, process and, and making sure that the IT meets the goals of the Defense Department or really, for that matter, Tom, any agency. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Be sure to check out his reporter's notebook where you'll read more about this at federalnewsnetwork.com. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.